to another Beating Alpha episode. This is episode 100. So we have a very special guest on that part, uh, Tyler Devereaux. Uh, a little bit of background, bio of his, uh, things that he's working on and things that uh, he accomplished, uh, you know, until now. So first of all, he's a managing partner of MF Capital Partners, a privately held multifamily investment company. And he has been investing in real estate for over 14 years. At age of 21, he acquired his first student rental property, uh, quickly understood the potential of the industry and never looked back. That's the way to do it, right? So today, Tyler controls over 1,500 apartment units throughout five, uh, five different states with value north of $100 million. Tyler is also the co-founder of the Multifamily Mindset, an educational company that has trained thousands of new and seasoned investors to acquire multifamily properties, maintain a positive growth mindset, and live a rich, full life. So teaching, inspiring, and helping others is Tyler's true passion. Tyler now lives in Maui, uh, Hawaii, so with his wife, Brittany, and their two beautiful kids, Paxton and Marley. So uh, Tyler, I just want to say a big thank you for being today on the show. Hey, Martinez, I appreciate it so much having me on, man. It's a pleasure. So thank you. Awesome, awesome. So look, uh, a lot of positive thoughts, a lot of great information about multifamily investing, a lot of, you know, insights into your business and the way you operate. But let's start your journey with, uh, you know, 14 years ago, by the age of 21, where you acquired this uh, student rental property. So maybe you can kind of explain us, um, how did you get involved in the real estate industry itself? Yeah, man, for sure. So I was actually, you know, I kind of lucked into it a little bit, if I'm being honest. So I, I had, you know, I was going to school uh, for a couple semesters, struggling through school, <laughs> struggling through school. We're talking you know, failing grades right through college. Uh, but I landed this job towards the end of my last semester, which was um, uh, more of like it was, it was like a not a sales job, but it was, you know, in the Internet space. I was like really pumped about it. Right. Great job. Started making good money. Uh, so decided that I was going to uh, buy this property. Uh, I was a you know a, a town a town home that was in between two universities, and I was going to live there and rent to my t uh, you know rent to some buddies. Uh, well, really, at first I was just going to live there, and then uh, like two weeks before closing, I actually got laid off from my job. Uh, and so, and I was like, man, I was baffled by that 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 could happen so quick. And so I decided to take massive action. Man, I decided to drop out of school. Uh, I was, cause I didn't want to work for somebody else. You know, for me, that was to get a job to work for somebody else. Uh, I was still going to buy that house cause I didn't have a lot of money, man. I was hoping that other people could pay me rent instead of me paying other people rent. And uh, then I started a business and I actually started a web business. Uh, that was, you know, a, a great, that's, you know, I would say my first like true real business venture, uh, web design, web hosting. Uh, but then I started renting out this property, right. To, to, you know, students that were going to university my buddies really and that's where i really saw now that's where like i really started to see like the value of real estate and having multiple tenants and and you know the passive income that it could provide so that's kind of how i lucked into it and then obviously i i scaled and grew from there got it got it so 14 years later here we are 100 million dollars uh, assets under management right like 14 years it's been 14 years so uh, can you talk about your journey? I mean, there was the student rental property. Yeah. So maybe if we can 
kind of take this, uh, you know, property into smaller pieces. I kind of understand the process that you've been going through to acquire that first deal. I mean, did you raise mm -hmm. any money for that? Was it your own money? I mean, how did you source the deal? Okay, can we go through the numbers so and, and locations? That first deal. So, so, you know, I say I've been investing in real estate for 14 years, but that's only because I bought my first property, you know, when I was 21. But like, I wasn't a real estate investor, right? Like I, I just had a piece of property and, and tenants rented. This was back in the day, man, when all you needed was like a pulse, right? To get approved for a loan. And I had one of those. <laughs> so I got approved. I probably shouldn't have been, but you know, as I was starting this web business and so I, I mean, I think I put like seriously $5,000 down, right? Like nothing. Um, just a, just a small little townhouse, but man, I made great profits on that running out to, to other tenants. But then, then as I was going through and I was starting my web business, I, so I'll, I'll tell you this, man, my, my, I guess goals, right? My drives, my purpose, it all comes down to time with family, being in a, being able to be in a position to, to give back and just, you know, provide for my family the way that, uh, you know, they deserve. And so, and, and really sincerely, like at 21, I didn't have a family, right? But those things have been deep rooted into me since I was like, I mean, it's 12, 13. There's some things that happened in my life that just kind of made me very cognizant of time and family and values and just wanting to help. Um, and so as I was starting this web business and growing this web business, as grateful as I was for that, um, I started becoming consumed by that, right? And I saw how real estate could be a different path. And so, you know, I started really diving into it more, you know, went to trainings to learn how to flip single family properties. And so I, I started to do that here and there. Uh, you know, I wholesaled some properties and then I had even, honestly, I had even like wholesaled uh, a couple small apartment buildings more because I had no idea, idea how to purchase something of that size, but I had an opportunity to come across. And so I put it under contract and wholesaled it, but Multifamily is my bread and butter, man. And I started that in, and that's when I really feel like I took off in this space. Like that hundred million of assets. I mean, that's all, that's all multifamily assets. And all of that has been done over the past six years or so. And what happened is I, I was running through the airport uh, and I ran into an old acquaintance of mine. His name's Ryan Woolley. And he told me, uh, he was actually uh, ran an internet business as well. And he told me that he had started to acquire multifamily properties or went to a training to learn how to acquire multifamily properties. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know like that, like that was possible, you know? And so I started picking his mind about it. And, you know, a couple, I, I think it was like maybe a month or so later, uh, I attended, I don't know if you know Dave Lindahl, but Dave mm -hmm. Lindahl is, oh yeah, do you know him? Cool. Yeah. He used to have these commercials on TV before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I, so, yeah. so Dave, I went to one of Dave's trainings. Uh, he's the, once again, a legend, right? In the multifamily space. Yeah. I started getting, uh, I paid for, you know, to, I, I started getting mentored by Dave and man, I took off. And, you know, a couple years later from that, uh, I actually, uh, Dave has this three-day class that he teaches. Uh, I started teaching that class for Dave, which is just a huge honor. So I, I taught his, you know, foundational three-day class for Man, I don't, I don't know, like the last four years, three and a half years, uh, it's been a blessing, man. It's been a blessing. So the first, to your first question, your, your question was, did I, you know, raise money on my very first 
um, multifamily deal. Okay, I actually got into it a little bit different. It was a 20 unit deal in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I sourced that deal from a direct mail campaign. So directly from the owner. But that was also a different deal, man. I was terrified to raise funds, man. Terrified, for real. Like, I had never done that with anything single family. It was totally out of my realm. But I, so here's what I did. Uh, and also, I grew up with not a ton of money, man. And so I always looked at raising funds as like I was asking for help, right? And I hated that. I hated that. So what I did on the first deal, it was $339,000 all in for that 20 unit in Birmingham. This is crazy. Uh, I put, I think it was like $50,000 down or something, but that was from uh, a credit card that I had that I did like a, you know, a, a check from the credit card for 0% interest. Uh, I sourced the rest of the loan from hard money at like 9% and uh, took off on that deal. That was, so that's a different structure. Uh, that to me was, made more sense for some reason than trying to raise funds. Uh, but, you know, it worked. I mean, I think, I, I can't remember. I think it was like maybe, it was under a year, maybe nine months later, I refinanced that property for, uh, it's like 465000 So put $100,000 in my pocket. And I was like, man, multifamily is amazing. You know, how can I dive in more? Then I started raising more funds on deals. So. Here you go. Here you go. So that's how the journey started. You, you got the bug. You got the bug. It was like, yeah, I need, I need to get more of that, right? So awesome. awesome. So, so can, can you talk about, you know, your deals going further? I mean, what strategy are you using currently when you acquire deals? Is it the same strategy? Are you using your own money? Is it like 100% bank financing? Do you raise capital? What approach are you taking? Yeah, so we have a syndication model, right? So our, that's our, our bread and butter. We've been raising funds from investors for the past, you know, six years, ever since I did that first deal. Um, so that's our bread and butter. So we, you know, bring in private investors, right, that are, you know, high net worth individuals, you know, they'll invest anywhere from 50 to, you know, close to a million, but I would say most investors invest 50 to 500k around there. And that's where we source the capital from. So it's a true syndication model, right? So now I try to invest in every single deal. And uh, I mean, I, I do, I invest in pretty much every single deal that uh, we put together. But the majority of the money is absolutely, so the far majority of the money is absolutely sourced from outside private investors through a syndication model, right? Mm -hmm. So we offer preferred returns, uh, but we, we handle all the day-to-day the -day stuff, right? Finding the deal from our broker relationships, guaranteeing the loan, you know, putting our teams in place. We have property management companies that, you know, we work for, we're some of our biggest clients at this point. Uh, so we, we oversee all that whole process, right? We have partners in different areas. Like, like, like you mentioned, I live in Maui, right? And I think it's so important to continue to have your eyes on the property. And I've been blessed enough, man, to have great partners, operating partners uh, that I have strategically placed throughout the nation, right? So uh, I, I would say our biggest focus right now is in the Carolinas, North and South Carolina. It's where the bulk of our portfolio is. Uh, we partner with a company or with um, uh, two individuals. Their names Greg and Lisa Parrish. And they are at the property regularly, man. And Ryan Woolley is my partner. Uh, me and him will you know, visit the property at least once a quarter. Ryan usually goes more than that. But I, I think that answers your question. But syndication model is how we fund the, uh, the deals. So. 
Got it, got it, got it. Awesome. Uh, and again, you mentioned about the raising capital portion. So uh, can you talk about, you know, the ways that somebody who is watching and kind of brand new in the syndication industry, like the ways that you can build those, uh, you know, relationships for now or for the future to, to make yes. sure that you will be able to raise the, the capital for the deals? No question, man. So I think I look at raising funds as like, planting a garden, right? Or a forest or whatever, you planting something, right? You plant the seed, right? And it doesn't sprout immediately, right? It takes time, you have to water that, you have to, but you know that you know that if you do those things, that that garden is going to, to grow, right? Same thing with like running a race where when you start the race, you don't see the finish line, but you know the finish line is gonna be there. That's why when you're at, you know, you know, it's a marathon, you're at mile 13, it's why you keep going, because you know that the finish line is going to be there. Same thing with raising funds, man, I feel like the, 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 the reason people will fall off is because they start having these conversations, they start planting these seeds. Um, but they're not quite sure that that's going to bear fruit, right? You have to be confident that it's going to bear fruit. So first, man, is usually going to be within your inner circle, your, your sphere of influence, right? But put yourself out there and start having conversations. Tell everyone what, what you do. And I'll, I'll give you my you know, uh, approach on that. Most people will go out and they'll start you know, talking all about themselves, right? Or, or, or you know, somebody will ask them what they do and maybe they don't even have like an elevator pitch that they've, that they've put together. Maybe it's just, they're just straight up winging it, but most people, if you were to, most, you know, real estate professionals, if you were to ask them what they would, what they do, in fact, I'll even ask you, Martinez, like, if you ever asked anybody, a real estate professional, if you ever asked them what, you know, they do essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's their, like their elevator what, pitch? What, what would you say there, the, you know? Oh, the elevator pitch, like most of the time, it depends who you come across. So like if it's a realtor, it's a broker. I mean, it's a multifamily investor, but uh like, oh, I do like, yeah, I invest in real estate, you know, like it's all about kind of them instead of saying, listen, listen I can it. help you to solve your problem, which is supposed to be the, the way the pitch is supposed to go. So they're kind of talking about themselves Perfect. most of the time. That's the problem, right? Yeah. And I really sincerely feel like that's the problem where we have to look at it a different way. And I, I feel like I've just been, I, I don't know where, even where I really learned this, but I, I, I learned to take a different approach, right? So, and I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent. I promise you I'm going to circle back around, but I think it's important to talk about where, you know, I, I try to look at it from the other people, the other person's perspective, right? Why in the world would, you know, this individual want to continue to, to, you know, chat or invest or what value do I provide? So I, I, I literally, man, I, I sit down and I think about how I can, you know, pitch that to them. So somebody asked me what I do, you know, I don't say something along the lines of, you know, I invest in real estate. I say, okay, you know, you know, Martinez, suppose that you have some investor, uh, you know, some capital that you want to invest in real estate, right? But you don't, you know, know how to identify a good property. You don't necessarily want to be a landlord, right? There's a lot of moving parts there. What I would do is I would take somebody like yourself, right? And I, I handle all the moving parts. So I find the property, put your money with other people's money. And then I actually, uh, you know, guarantee the loan, invest my own money in there too. And then put our teams in place so that, you know, together we can own an apartment building. And so essentially you can own 
real estate without having to deal with all the headaches, right? So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm talking about them and them investing and how I'm going to take that pressure off of their shoulders and still allow them to benefit without the headaches, right? I try to, you know, the conversation is all about why this could benefit them in, in a very passive manner. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So just talking about so, basically so what, the, what you can do for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so those conversations are number one, right? But then it's putting yourself out there, you know, making posts, being consistent, you know, doing what you're doing, Martinez, like putting together a thought leadership platform, you know, a, a podcast, a YouTube channel, posting on Facebook. What's crazy is the majority of my investors in the beginning were not people that I would have ever thought would invest with me. For, for real, like they're not people that I would be like, oh, hey, I'm going to call this person to invest. But I posted something that they saw or they heard from somebody else what I was doing and contacted me. But that only happens, man, because I was diligent in having conversations and still am to this day. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the importance, again, we live in a digital kind of age. So, you know, being present on, on social media is, is a must in this day and age. Cause I just uh, spoke uh, just a while ago with a, with a guy who, who is a professional actor. He's been like 12 movies and I asked him the same question. I mean, how is the being known as an actor gives you leverage, you know, on your deals. And he was like, of course it gives me the leverage. So, you know, for people who are not like they're not actors they're business people you need to become one i'm not saying you need to kind of fake and you know be an actor and pretend you're somebody but you need to be famous that's what i'm saying so you, you need to be all, all over the place and know who we are people actually they need to know what you're doing instead of hiding behind the curtains and you know so yeah so that's and awesome. you, you know why that is you know and i can relate to this man. i'll tell you exactly why it is it's because because if i'm being honest you know when we pursue something new, right, we're not, we're not sure, right, what that's going to take. And so we're, we're, we're not sure how much we want to take. Our, I'll never forget this. At the first class that I attended of Dave's, he said, how many of you know for sure that you're going to do this business? And I was like, me, no question. I'm doing this shit, right? And he was like, okay, go post on uh, Facebook and tell everyone you're starting a new business. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, well, uh -huh. what if it doesn't work? You know, like, I don't know about that, right? It's like this lack of of, of confidence, but here, here's the key. Things start to turn when you fully commit, right? Not dip a toe, but when you fully commit, knowing that yeah. there are going to be setbacks, there are going to be things that knock you off course, there are going to be frustrations. Life hits us, man, that's natural. But the key mm -hmm. is when you're fully committed and you're diving in and you, you have truly made a commitment, I believe that the world then starts to conspire to help you accomplish that but we have to continually focus on what we can do to get us there right got, got it so so can we talk about the mindset piece which before prior to the interview we kind of you, you said can we talk about the mindset which of course we have to because the mindset is in business is kind of everything i mean it's 80 percent, which probably is, is even more you know and 20 percent is mechanics that's what they say in, in all these instagram quotes but I think it's it's even more than than eighty percent because it's it's the way you think and the way you think about deals, about people, about as you said, you know, like uh, first when you came across people and you were looking to raise capital, you, you thought about it as you know, man, I'm I'm just asking for help, and that approach didn't help you, and you have to switch that approach from actually I'm helping people 
you know, by, by them investing in my deals. So can you talk about some uh, techniques and strategies and maybe the courses like books, seminars, anything that you have for the people, again, to break through those kind of thinking patterns? Yeah, no question, man. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you this. You, you know, I mentioned that I struggled, you know, thinking about raising funds, asking help, but I'll tell you when that switched for me. Um, it was my very, so it was my first deal that I ever raised funds on, which was my second deal. And it was the first quarter uh, after close, we sent out a distribution. It was like 2%, right? For that quarter. Uh, and my one, you know, really actually the first person that even ever committed to, to invest, invested a hundred thousand, right? So he received the check for two grand and he sent me an email along the lines of, you know, thank you so much. Like so excited to re receive two grand. He's like, Hey man, thank you so much. Like, I'm so excited to be part of this. I didn't even know that these types of deals were possible. I want to invest. He was a, a physician, right? So he made good money, but if he doesn't work right, he doesn't get paid, but he didn't have time to learn how to acquire properties. And, and, he, and he's telling me this in, in the email. He's like, I'm so excited that I have a way and that you've provided this vehicle for me to invest. And I sat back after reading that email and was like, I was so proud of what I did and what I've learned and like proud in a good way. Meaning like, I was just grateful, like sincerely grateful. I was like, man, I'm not asking for money, dude. I am providing value to these investors. And, and my mindset completely switched at this point, you know, as individuals who have money, they have different problems than we do. Yeah, or, or like I have the same problem actually now where in the beginning I would like to who, who, who in the world had like, who in the world has hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest? Now I'm like, well, shit, everyone has to is looking for ways to invest their money, right? The more money that I have, the easier it is to raise money because I know that it's hard to find good investments to put my money into. Mm -hmm. So as far as mindset goes, okay, that completely like had a jolt in my mind of like how I viewed things, right? That was huge to me. But principles and strategies and skills that I used to maintain a mindset, right? for every aspect of business. So I think it's routine based for me, okay? So I started, and it's all focused around gratitude, man. First thing that I do, so I have a, a, um, I'm passionate about my morning routine, okay? So I wake up, usually wake up at 4.15 or 4.30, usually 4.15. And first thing I do, right, wash my face, brush my teeth, and then I will um, sit, like I say three things I'm grateful for, and that is, um, you know, some people call that a prayer. I call that a prayer. I pray, right? And I say, thank you to God for, th for at least three things that I'm grateful for. And then I also pray for other people, right? At least three people. So meaning, you know, asking them to be blessed or taken care of. It's all, it's not, I'm not asking for anything at that point. It is all gratitude and it is all how I can, you know, how somebody else can, can uh, you know, be blessed. And th the reason I feel like that is key, right? when you were serving other people and, and that's a small way to serve to just say a prayer. Right. But, but in my opinion, in the morning, very first thing, it's gratitude and perspective. I have this perspective of, man, I'm so grateful for these things. And I'm, I, I'm grateful that I can, you know, have an opportunity to like to, to, you know, help these people. Right. Even as small as that is, sometimes I'll even uh, get up from that and then, you know, send a text message to somebody, or maybe even a little video message just saying like, Hey, Hope you're doing well, right? Thinking of you, you know, think you're amazing, you know, say thank you for something. 
And then I write three things in my uh, journal that I'm grateful for. So I'm going to tell you right now, to me, in my opinion, that is, um, that has been the key to my growth. Uh, because it, I'll tell you how I used to wake up, man. I used to wake up. First thing that I would do is check my phone. And whatever was on my news feed or inbox would dictate my attitude and my focus for the day, uh, which was very rarely in line with my goals, right? My major motivators. Well, first thing by taking control of the morning, now I'm, I'm, it's gratitude, it's perspective. I write down three things that I'm going to uh, focus on and, and, and accomplish that day. And then I continue to check in with those things, right? The other side of that is... Um, you know, reading. So the next thing that I do in the morning is, is I read. I mean, I read a ton. I love to just digest information. The book that I just finished today actually is called Thinking Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Uh, phenomenal book, man. I, I was, I loved that book. Just, it's all, you know, talking about service and, and gratitude. He talks a lot about gratitude as well, you know, and just starting your day that way, man. But here's the key because We've all had amazing mornings. Things have went well. The toast is freaking perfect out of the toaster. The milk is perfectly cold, right? Like shit is just going good, right? And then you get out to your car and you spill your coffee or you uh, get cut off by someone in traffic, right? Or something along those lines happen. Um, and life does happen. You know, I think it, it, to all of us, whether... And I feel like this is key in today's world because whether we are, you know, being cut off in traffic or racially profiled or whatever it is, if we allow ourselves to become the victim at that point, even though you are the, maybe you are the victim, but if we really view ourselves as the victim, like, like poor pity me, regardless of what it is, it's not serving, even though it might be correct, it's not self-serving. And so it's in those moments, man, to continue to read, just have systems or reminders to, to bring you back to reality. Once again, to focus on what you can do, your actionable items that you can control and leave the non-controllables, man. And I know that that's, I know that I just have been rambling, but that, that routine, sense. right, is just, I'm passionate about that, man. And the growth that I've seen from that over, I mean, I would even say over the last three, four years has been uh, something that's hugely benefited me and my family and my relationships and my overall happiness, man. I'm grateful for yeah. that. There's, there's no amount of money that uh, money helps with happiness. Don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> I like money, right? I'm not, no question, but true happiness that that's, that's come, that comes from perspective. And focusing yeah. on what you can control. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely agree. Because you can be as, as poor as you want or you can be as rich as you want. And you heard the stories, you know, where rich people having three, you know, private jets, having multiple properties, you know, in Italy and Spain and all over the globe and, you know, billion dollar companies. And they're miserable people, you know. That's so you, you definitely don't want to be one of those people. So, again, talking no. about mindset part and acquiring you know acquiring some good traits like one of the traits that you said like we have to mention that is sales uh so can you can you explain why is that important for somebody who's looking to get involved in real estate business or any business and how you can acquire those uh, that trait yeah you know it's so funny because i told you i started the, uh, the you know the web business and 
uh, when I was 21, right? Well, that web business didn't make money for dude, like six months. And so I had to start getting other jobs and trying to supplement as I was trying to build that thing up. And I got this sales job and I was extremely embarrassed by that because to me, sincerely, this is how I viewed sales. I viewed sales as uh, I didn't want to be the person who was selling people to selling things to people that they didn't need. Right. And that, that is sincerely how I viewed sales where which is just funny, right? Because how that, that has switched. I would never, I never told people that I had a sales job, never in the beginning because I wasn't, I wasn't proud of it, right? I wasn't, I just had a different perspective, but I wanted to be the best. And so I started to, you know, look at the best people in that industry and what they were doing. And it wasn't, they weren't selfish. They were, in fact, I would say it's the opposite. They were selfless, right? They weren't prideful. They were humble. They were like, literally it was, they were, they all were different people, right? Like meaning they had different tactics and techniques, but all of them came down to service. It was like, they truly to their core, just wanted to serve whoever it is that they were working with. And, and they didn't want to sell that person something that they didn't need or want. They wanted to help that person. And if that meant that they didn't buy, they were okay with that. That's mindset too, because they had an abundant mind mindset instead of a scarcity mindset, right? Scarcity mindset is worried about losing a sale because they don't know if another sale will come down. Where an abundant mindset isn't worried about losing an investor. Like if an investor, if that's not the best investment for him or her, they're not worried about that. And this is how I operate, right? It is, I only want that person to invest in my deal if that is truly going to benefit that individual. If not, man, there's a million other investors, more than that, obviously, right? But there's just a, a whole boatload of investors, right? That person needs to do what is best for them. And that's the sales approach that I took, right? Same thing back in my early 20s. And uh, that was a game changer for me because all of a sudden I was, I was viewing things in a different light where I was, I, was, I was helping. I felt like I was straight up helping these people. And that uh, is a... Is something that I uh, had been longing for. Okay, at 19 years old, I actually saved up all my money, and I went and I did service for two years. Man, uh, that was a, a life-changing experience for me, and and that was hard to like try to recreate in the real world, right? When I'm trying to have a job and pay bills and do all those things, and um, but it's something that I knew that I always wanted to find a way to get back to because I, I knew that true joy, true happiness was in the service of other people. Um, and then I started to realize, man, that the way to wealth is to provide value and that service, right? Value in my, I define that as, you know, anything of worth or service, right? That, uh, you know, is when provided to somebody else creates joy for both parties. And that's how I approach sales and everything that I do. So, so first off it's service. You have to know that you're trying to serve the individual and quit being so selfish. You know, we go into a broker a relationship and a broker conversation. The first thing that, you know, we know that this individual can bring us good deals so that, but we want them to bring us the best deals. So what do we do? We start talking about all me, me, me. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. This is my focus. This is my targets. This is whatever. Right without just taking a second to understand what is the broker looking for. When I started to understand or, or, or study uh, broker relationships or, or how to build those, 
I didn't study how to talk to a broker. I studied what are brokers looking for? Like what are brokers trained to look for when they go to their training, when they go to their, you know, system, what are they, what are they trained to look for in investors? And then I want to cater my, my pitch, my presentation, my conversation to meet their needs, you know? So, so first thing that I do when I go in is I ask questions, man, don't go in and talk, right? It's, which is why this is, it's different, right? On a, on a podcast, which is kind of fun because you ask the questions and I just freaking talk, which is fun. You know, it just is. But man, when I go into a broker conversation, an investor conversation, I'm asking questions. I'm listening. I'm listening some more and I'm figuring out what they need. And then I'm going to tell them or talk about how what I have or what I'm doing can help them. And if it can't, then I'm going to refer them somewhere else with no like expectation of, uh, of anything except I just want them to get the best for, you know, for whatever they're looking for, right? And if I can provide that, awesome. If I can't, somebody else will, man. And all those things come back full force. Got it, got it. Well, that that's a great way to look at it as a sales, as I mentioned, you know, kind of, kind of sales and you simplify it. And I mean, it, it does make a lot of sense. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. You know, if you just look at the at the sales as a kind of service oriented job and you should be asking questions instead, instead of talking about yourself, as we For talked sure. in the beginning, you know, and just helping people, you know, it's whatever. If you're looking to acquire a deal, if you're looking to sell one, you know, asking questions and always looking from service perspective and, and you're seeing, you know, having this kind of abundance mindset which you have you know like when you said that look if the things are not going to work out there is always something and it will come back so it's it's the abundant mindset that will not put you in a position where you actually have to push people around and just be you know be a be a bad person at the end of the day so yeah i'll tell you man sure i'll I'll say this real quick sorry you know because what you said right pushing people around that's how i viewed it right now i'm going to tell you what i learned from my partner my my business partner's name is Ryan Woolley, okay? And he is one of the most likable dudes that you'll ever meet. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why he's so likable. And listen, that's, that's important for people to understand is to understand how to be likable. And the most likable people are those who like the most people. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time our focus is, is inward, you know, wondering if, if these people, you know, like or care or value us or whatever, right? But it needs to be outward. And, and this is how Ryan like lives his life, man. It's outward. It's, it's, he isn't, he doesn't even have time to worry about if they're liking him or not, because he's so worried about making sure that they know that they are liked and cared and valued and, you know, whatever. Right. And, and seriously, that is how he operates. And, you know, some like my I would say my initial uh, approach most of the time is like man but I I don't necessarily want to put myself out there right just in case they don't like me right Uh, Ryan doesn't have that even in his system at all he just doesn't he just he is so focused on making other people feel comfortable and um, you know because of that People feel comfortable. People like him. And I would, I give him so much credit, man, for the growth that we've had in our business. And we have this rule, you know, we have this rule, which is if we ever say something negative about someone, which happens through natural conversation, somebody irritates us, something happens, that guy's a dick, whatever, right? Something negative is said. If we say that on the phone call with each other or in a meeting with anybody else, 
we have to write 10 things that are great about that person. And what we what you we, you know, what you'll find is that there's far more that are great about people than are bad about people. And we literally focus on and find ways to like people. And Ryan's taught me that, man. It's made a huge difference in my relationships and my ability to just connect with people. I'm grateful for that. Wow, that, that's a very unique perspective. So I love it too. I, I, it's a kind of fresh perspective for me at the same time too. So awesome. Thanks for sharing those, those tips and kind of no strategies worries, that you guys use in personally. Uh, again, no 1,500 units and five states. Can we talk about which states are you currently investing in? Yeah, so the Carolinas, we just did, so this year we've, we closed a deal in Denton, Texas, uh, but most of our, our focus uh, is in the Carolinas, right? North to South Carolina. So right now we are just about to close, like literally it's, it's a loan assumption. So we're just waiting for the deal to close, right? And it's a 138 unit property in Columbia, South Carolina um, that is... Just a solid property, man. I mean, it's just like, it's the, it's the perfect example of, uh, you know, this environment and the opportunities that this environment is creating. These, these sellers panicked, essentially. The partner that, uh, you know, managed most of the stuff with their real estate portfolio uh, passed away, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. They were trying to figure out how to still, you know, maintain. They were horrible operators, <laughs> these are. Uh, and so when uh, COVID happened, right, quarantine shut down, they're like, shit, we got to sell. And they just like panicked, right? They'd only owned it for three years, panic, sell. Um, and we're picking that property up, man, that property, we're picking that up for 54,000 a door. Wow. Market comparables uh, in that area are like 83,000 a door. So crazy value there, man. Crazy value that we're picking that thing up on. And, and here's what's interesting about it. You know, you talk about mindset. This happened in, I think it was end of June when we uh, were, were brought the opportunity. And I remember having the conversation with Ryan and like, man, I don't know, like, do we do this? I don't know how our investor, will our investors want to invest in this environment? It's kind of some uncertain times. You think of June, end of June, still very uncertain. Still uncertain today for shit's sakes, right? But uncertain, right? So we're like, man, I don't know, will our investors want to? Uh, we had, we looked at that. And we we're like, you know what? Everyone else is sitting on the sidelines. Everyone. This is a great deal. We know it's a great deal. So no, we're not going to focus on fear and scarcity because I have this principle and I have this belief that anytime we focus on fear and scarcity, we're, we're limiting by default, we're limiting our potential, right? So it's having that faith, that mindset that we're going to focus on what we can control is the easiest raise 4.8 million, uh, easiest raise that we've ever done to date, not even a question. E easiest raise we've ever done, which is crazy, okay? Four million, sorry, not 4.8, four million uh, dollar raise. So from there, now all of a sudden it builds a relationship. Now, right now, currently in Columbia, we have uh, another, another 150 unit property under contract. So an 150 unit property under contract and we have another, 220 unit property that we're just like, we're just finalizing last bits on the PSA. Uh, the other one, how big is the, the other one's like 180, so just under 200 units. Um, so these deals that we have, that have happened and come into our lap because 
everyone else was sitting on the sidelines and we didn't, right? We focused on what we could control. I mean, man, we'll, you know, it took me, it took me five, six years to acquire over a hundred million in assets. And in this next quarter alone, in, so the fourth quarter of 2000, uh, 2020, we'll close, I think it's like 38 million in, in assets, uh, which will be our biggest quarter we've ever had. And every one of these are cash flow. Not we're not buying off speculation. These are cash flow, solid cash flow opportunities in an area that is attracting so much growth. Right, everything's heading to the south and inwards in the states. I know you're in Ireland, but I know you track. You know what's going on here, and it's moving south, man. The growth that we're seeing and the traction that we've been able to, uh, you know, to gain. It's been amazing, man. It's something, once again, I'm just super grateful for. It's been, it's been fun. Busy. Shit, I'm so busy right now, but in the best way, you know. Got it, got it, got it. Well, I mean, you know, it just compounded, you know, like all these years you, you mentioned, you know, like working your ass off like five, six years to acquire these $100, uh, $100 million worth of, worth of deals. I mean, all those uh, strategies when it comes to gratitude, you know, sales, mindset, it, it just compounded over time. And, you you know, you have the right people in place for you and you have the capital available to you. And again, and you have a network uh, of established, you know, accredited investors, you know, people who already have a lot of interest into investing with you. So, I mean, that, that's what times like these favor people just like yourself, because they are always ready, you know. So, so it, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not a surprise that, I mean, these things are happening for you, that it's easy for you to raise capital, deals are coming through. So that's what's happening. So, I mean, you deserve all that success. So- Thanks, man. So talking about the, the, the rest of the states, can you just cover, cause I would like to kind of understand like the, so we have, well, so we have South Carolina, North Carolina, which is third Carolina. So what will be other, other states that you're investing in? So I have uh, assets in Alabama still. That was the first area that I ever invested. Uh, so still have assets in Alabama, um, Ohio, Alabama, Ohio, Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina. That's and it's I mean. just the reasons to invest in these days because of the baby boomers, because they kind of moving down south, uh, so southeast, southwest. You know, Alabama was, there wasn't much strategy behind that, if I'm being honest. That's just where I first started. Yeah. And so... And I could get into a deal for cheap without having to raise funds, which I'm going to tell you, and you already know this, Martinez, but that's not the strategy to take. Okay. It's not the best strategy, but that's what I took. Cause I was scared to raise funds. Everything Ohio was, um, I like Ohio a lot. And so that's, that's where like, I, I went to Texas first and that's because I moved to Texas from DC. It started to grow and establish that that was just a natural process. And Texas is obviously a phenomenal market. Same with Ohio, I love, uh, but yes, pretty much anything past uh, Alabama where I, where I first started, everything else has been strategically based on where's the growth happening? What's the economic environment like, right? Is it business friendly? Uh, are there businesses moving in? I look at household formation. I look at business, you know, growth, new businesses coming in, jobs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And do you have your attention on other markets, you know, like hot markets that people are talking about, like Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma? Are you planning? I always have my expand? eyes on. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's funny because 
any other time you would ever ask me that question, I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I'm because I love those markets anyway. I'm always like looking at those markets, right? But right now, dude, I'm so like, we're so just blessed in, you know, the Carolinas that is, that is our very much so a focus and Texas, Texas will always be a focus. Just, I love that market. Um, so but can, can right you, now, so, sorry for the, sorry for interrupting. So can you, can you take apart, like, what do you love the most about the state? Because people who are watching and maybe they're not from the States as same as I am, or maybe they're living in different States somewhere, uh, you know, up North, like in New York area, like what will, be, what would favor your investments, you know, for you to invest in those, uh, in, in those, uh, States, you know, that you mentioned, you know, like, uh, Carolina, like what do you, in Texas, what do you love the most about the, uh, about those States? They're very business friendly. Very, very business friendly, meaning, you know, uh, a state like, let's say California, as an example, okay, it's like polar opposite of Texas and, and the Carolinas, because uh, California is very tenant friendly, meaning you have rent control, you, you don't control your assets, you own a property in California, you don't control it, the government has limited and handcuffed your ability to truly control your business. And I don't ever want that, right? Of course, there's rules, laws, regulations. Those things are great, right? But if I need to, you know, evict a tenant, I need to be able to evict a bad tenant, right? Which has obviously been crazy, at, you know, over this last little bit. But if I, you know, have, I, I want a business-friendly environment. And it's very important, man, for us to be able to operate and grow and have security, in my opinion. Uh, it's also key for growth, in my opinion. You, you look at California, businesses are flooding out of California. It's because the business environment is dog shit. Martinez is dog shit. And so now where does growth happen? People go where the jobs are. Now, you know, that might be a little bit different in today's environment, this virtual world that we live in, but ultimately they're still going to go where the jobs are going. And so I'm still looking for where are these companies going? And they're going to places that have strong solid business environments like South Carolina is ranked number one in terms of business um, um, incentives offered. So incentives offered to businesses, right? Tax incentives, you know, um, grants, all sorts of things, you know, that they're mm -hmm. offering to these businesses to move in, which means businesses will move in. You, they'll move in, right? And when businesses move in, so do people. And people is, that's, what that's the demand i offer a product for people to live in and so that's mm -hmm. the demand that i need to follow but it also allows me to run my business too which is critical as well Th yeah. those are the indicators those are the things that i'm looking for that are just extremely important to me got it got it got it yeah it makes definitely sense because california is one of those states well it's a it's a place to, of uh you know what was it the angels lost angels or something like that right so uh, th yeah, there's a lot of people moving from north and, you know, the, that place, that uh, sort of area, you know, California, that side towards like the, the states that you mentioned, you know, like Texas and, and Carolina. And, you know, with that big companies also move in, you know, like Amazon, Facebook and, uh, you know, a lot of Silicon Valley type of companies move into those areas, which, of course, will provide, uh, you know, the workforce and uh, that will give kind of uh, people opportunity to work during these times. So. Uh, so talking about again, 134 million, uh, in total, like when it comes to the asset, it's, it looks like you're going to be there very soon. 
uh, and uh, like you have uh, another source of kind of platform that you help people to get to these type of levels, which is called a multi multifamily mindset. It's an educational platform. So can you talk about the platform and what people should, should expect on the platform uh, when they're going to access to it? Yeah, man, I am. This is something I'm so excited for. Uh, you know, I've been training, like I said, with with Dave for a long time. I've trained thousands of students. And, I, and I'm going to tell you that has been self-fulfilling to just you know train somebody even though i know that i spend you know i i have this small hand in what they do but it's it's training them and seeing them better their lives and the life of their families i'm it's so it's it's very fulfilling and gratifying and so you know i had this conversation with dave and and i told him hey man i would love to create my own education type company you know and told him what i was going to focus on and because I love Dave, man. Dave has been a great mentor for me and somebody that I, I value his relationship and, and uh, everything that he's taught me. Man, I'm sincerely just extremely grateful for him. And he gave me his full blessing. You know, I mean, this is, uh, it, it speaks volumes to him. He was like, because it's, it's funny, but I was kind of like almost a little bit nervous to tell him what I was doing because I, I, I didn't want to ever like rub that relationship wrong, right? But this is how Dave is the epitome of a growth mindset, of an abundant mindset. And he was like, dude, no, you should absolutely go start your own thing. Like, man, that's how we're wired is to grow. And he's like, I want to, I don't want to hold anyone back. I want to help others grow. And he's like, I'm so grateful for what you've done and teaching and, you know, training, you know, for my company and, you know, for the value that you've created. And he's like, I want to help you do your thing. So he's like, so I, so we, this was, you know, June, July. Uh, and we launched, we do our very first live event uh, in a week and a half. And so what it is, it's, uh, you know, we focus on certainly multifamily. It's called the multifamily mindset. But we focus on the multifamily space, like, you know, the foundational type training, but also mindset principles behind it with also a focus in sales. Because I, I just feel like as I've, as I've went through this, as, I was, as I've trained students and I've heard back from students and I've have these conversations of what they're struggling with. I'll tell you what stops them. Multifamily education, knowledge, shit. It's not hard to find it. It's everywhere out there. Like mm -hmm. the, it's, it, the problem isn't lack of information. I would say it's probably too much information. Like what should I focus on? What is key? So we, our focus has been to take all this noise, all this information, right? And funnel it down into literally like step-by-step -step actions of what you need to do to get in. You're going to learn it, right? But it is a process, learning, growing, that is a process. And this is what you should focus on and do first. Then you go here, right? Then you go here. And weaved into all of that is mindset principles and sales strategies to help you understand how to position yourself with brokers, how to position yourself with investors, how to position yourself with you know, different operating partners and, and, and people that you're looking to, uh, to do business with. And man, my, my goal and my desire is to help people far past multifamily, man. I, I want to teach them strategies and skills with, you know, mindset and sales and everything that will serve them in every aspect. Mindset, man, the reason I'm so grateful for it is yes, it's helped me business-wise, but man, my greatest, most important asset is my family. And I'm so like grateful for my wife and my kids. And like, um, I want to be the best person, the best husband, the best dad, the best, 
that I can be, man. And as a community, we can help each other do that. And I, I want to say one thing because you mentioned earlier something like you deserve, you know, these deals that are coming across your desk, and you know, you're you're always ready to take action. And you know, the the truth. Martinez is that I've surrounded myself with people and this is something I'm very blessed with and grateful for, but I've surrounded myself with people that uh, continually keep me in check to help make sure that I'm in, you know, a proper frame of mind and ready to move forward. My wife, my business partners, and a network of people that all have this, you know, go giver mentality. I don't know if you've ever read that book by Bob Berg, but it's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. The, and and see, those people, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I was just going to say those people, man, um, I am, any success that I have is because of people that I've been just blessed to surround myself with. And I want to just connect people, man, and help. That's why I started this business. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, we can we can sense the excitement, even though we're watching you through through Zoom on on YouTube, or maybe somebody's listening on a podcast on iTunes. Still, we we can we can feel the the sincerity, the go giver mentality, and you know all the all the pieces are there because you're here yeah. put uh, to provide the service, and it comes out naturally because that's who you are, right? So, look, the Thank the you, one thing I appreciate that a ton. Hey, look it's all you it's all you so look uh one thing uh that i wanted to touch about because we, we spoke about mindset which is the important piece in a business you need the sales uh again we have the training now it's the multifamily mindset part we have the educational system in place can we talk about the importance of setting goals because one thing that we spoke about prior to the interview you said i'm so blessed and grateful to achieve my goal now to be in maui so can you talk about your goal setting process? Yeah, I used to be the worst goal setter, Martinez. Holy word, the worst. I wouldn't set them. And I wouldn't set them because I didn't know if they were really attainable or, or, or really even what I would need to do to attain it, right? So I wouldn't set goals. I'm serious. Um, I would say that I learned that when I started like uh, this side of the business, the multifamily business, probably five, six years ago, which is really being able to define what I wanted life to look like, man. And I think that the biggest pandemic isn't the coronavirus. I feel like the biggest pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it, is not knowing what you want, man. You have to define what you want. And, And I'm not talking about I'm talking about how do you want to live your life, man? Like, what do you want to do? How do you want it? To, how do you envision it happening? Right. And it, you know, you have to look five, six years, whatever down the road and, and determine what you want that life to look like and then work backwards, you know? And in reality, anything is attainable. Everything is attainable if we can define it. And then, and I, and I believe this to my core Martinez is then you only pursue things that are in line with that goal. And I'll I'll bring you full circle. I told you briefly that, you know, when I was, I told you that family, right. And time and being able to provide for family is a huge um, motivator for me. That's because, you know, my parents split when I was younger. Uh, My dad had started a business under the best of intentions, right. To better the life of his family. Um, But it, you know, it, it, it essentially is what kind of broke the family apart. And it's because my dad, even though my dad is one of the best dudes ever, man, I love him to death, but he became you know, consumed by this business, which happens, man. 
which happens uh, and it tore a family apart. And, and, you know, I was raised by a single mom with four kids who just, uh, just had, uh, she was the happiest, funniest. I love her to death, man. She's the best mom ever. She just is happy, funny, and, and would do anything for her family. Okay. So I saw this as a young kid. I saw like not having someone there, like the biggest impact that that had on my family was not financial. To me, it was, dude, I missed my dad. I wanted my dad there and I hated not having him there. And that's not a sob story, Martinez. I, it is something that believe it or not, I'm so grateful for because that has developed this freaking deep rooted desire, man, to make sure that I want to be everything, man. And so anytime that I've started becoming consumed with a business, it's delegating, it's selling off, it's taking another direction to make sure that my goals, which is my family is in line, man. And I, I've always wanted to be in a position and a way to be able to do that. And my wife, our goals are very much aligned, man. Brittany, I would never be where I'm at without my wife, Brittany. And when we first like started talking about getting married, um, we talked about how, you know, when our kids are young, before they get into school, we would love to move like to an island, move somewhere, right? And, and spend unobstructed time with them uh, before they start school. Because, you know, once they start school, they have their own agendas and their own things change, right? And... Uh, I didn't know if that would ever happen. You know, my wife always wanted to move to Maui. I didn't necessarily know where I wanted to move, but she, she knew she wanted to move to Maui. And that's because my wife was made to live here, man. And it, it almost didn't happen, you know, meaning for me, I almost didn't move here because it is different, right? But man, a year and a half ago, um, because we set this goal and because I had this, this goal of time with family, and I, I continue to just stay hyper-focused on that. Uh, we were able to move to Maui, man. And the goal, the plan was to live here for a year, but I'll tell you, we're never moving because this is, uh, it's been an amazing opportunity, man. This past year, Martinez, before, you know, all this stuff happened, I mean, I would say from Jan or um, uh, July 2019 to January 2020, dude, I didn't do anything except play with my kids, go on adventures, go hiking, go to the ocean every day, man. And I'm grateful, sincerely, with all my heart, man, to be uh, to be in the position to do that. So, uh, and still, like right now, like I told you, I'm busy, right? But all of those things are for a purpose. And I'll tell you right now that even as busy as I am, man, we are selling a property. We're about to close another property. We have three other properties under contract. I'm starting a, an education business. It's busy. Okay. But no matter what Tuesday nights are date night with my wife, Wednesday afternoons, full afternoon is just spent with kids and playing and having fun every morning. There's time before I ever go into the office every night. There's time before they ever go to bed. That's unobstructed, no phone, just them, man. And um, so I don't even know what the initial question was, man. I think goals and moving to Maui, but just straight gratitude, man. Those things were, I didn't know what I was doing at 13 years old, setting a goal to spend time with my family, but it was so deep rooted that there's nothing that could take me off track of that. I won't, won't ever allow anything to take me off track of that, if that makes sense. 
It does make sense, and that that's a beautiful goal goal, goal to 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 set, you know, for yourself as a as a family. Again, to shout out to you know, I guess to your wife, you know, for for putting that goal out there and you know making things happen. Because uh, during these times when the COVID is here, I mean, people there's a lot of people who would be dreaming like, man, I would be somewhere in a you know distant island, somewhere on the beach that I can relax with my family right now while all this craziness is going on around me. So. You know, you you're in a good place, and you made sure that you moved there before things things uh, turned out to be the way they turned out to be. So again, it just shows that you're, again, who's ready and who's prepared, who has the right mindset. Uh, you know, it's just you know you become lucky. You know, you know the quote like the harder you work, the luckier you get. So so that's what's happened. No question. Yeah. So again, uh, you and you're hey- meeting. Sure. Look, you're meeting all these different people. I mean, you're being on a podcast just like this one. So I'm grateful to have you on today. Uh, I mean, you, you're meeting with, uh, you know, accredited investors, your podcast events, meeting people locally, like you, you're all over the place, right? Teaching all the people on the multifamily mindset, you know, part on the educational side. So you're coming across a ton of people, right? On a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. But like the question is, it will be kind of a little bit is esoteric for you. Like, what is the what is the legacy that you want to leave behind you? That's a great question. And I forgot to tell you this. I have another call in five uh, five minutes that I have to jump on. So I we're have gonna, a hard we're gonna make five it. minutes. We're, we're going to make it. Sweet. Just make sure. So my legacy, man, I, dude, so life is so crazy, you know, how... It's just, it's just crazy how you think about things and how life progresses. And uh, I had a buddy of mine pass away, um, I think it was two months ago now. It was a close buddy of mine. We're talking, cross, lived across the street from each other growing up, played baseball with each other for our whole lives on the same team. Just my good buddy. And anytime something like that happens, it, it really is it, it really puts things into perspective of like how you want to be remembered, what the legacy is. And uh, Martinez, that's when I decided that, that's literally after the funeral is when I called Dave and told him I was going to start my own thing. And, and here's the conversation that I had with Dave. I said, Dave, what are you most proud of? Like with, with everything you've done, hundreds of millions of dollars, what are you most proud of? And he said, the difference that I've been able to make in the lives of other people. He's like, my, the, what keeps me going, what drives me is at my funeral. I want people to say that guy made a difference in my life. Um, and I told him that I want to do the same thing. And I said, and you've given me a platform to do that. Um, and teaching for Dave's classes uh, provided a platform for me to do that. Um, but dude, I wanted to do it at a different level. <laughs> Shit, dude. Talk about legacy. Make me cry. That's a dick move, Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you're just an um, honest, you know, just an honest, a true guy, you know, and it comes out, you know, so you, you just, you know, when, when you, I, I do like, I do understand the emotions and all that part, because you look, I think we, we all been in the place, you know, like you constantly now, now living in the place where you're constantly grateful and that, and that's what's happening. You, you're just so grateful because of what's happening in your life. Uh, because you made a lot of good moves, you know, like if you see somebody who's doing bad and they're over 60 and they're working in McDonald's, I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of those people. I mean, but they made a lot yeah. of bad decisions. So same works for somebody who's successful because they make a lot of good decisions. Well, at least they make a little bit more good decisions than bad, you know? 
so so for it's, sure so and that's what you're so grateful for and that's where the emotion comes out so but but it's it's a blessed time so thank you thank you for all the emotions and all the all the artists right, and all the information it's been great it's been great tell i really appreciate it you know so i appreciate you giving the platform and i always love doing stuff like this so thank you very much for awesome. sure Awesome. So just one thing for you guys and girls who watched the episode, if you can pass this episode to a friend of yours who is always talking about real estate investing, uh, you know, how does he want to get involved but never pulls the trigger? Uh, I think this episode could be really great for that person uh, because there will be a lot of great insights from mindset, goal setting, sales, marketing, you know, you name it. There's a lot of great pieces that can person that take away and implement and start his own business or invest passively, whatever he wants to do. But Tyler, really, Tyler, really yeah. appreciate your you 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 spending this quality time with me today, and guys, as always, I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks so much, man. Take care.